0: 7, verse 5, we're going to look at that one little verse, and we're not, we're not necessarily going to really break down the whole section so much in the context of, of how Jesus presented it, but I don't think it'll be a stretch for us to look at this passage and discuss what we will discuss today. Matthew chapter 7 verse 5 and in the context of what's going on Jesus had been talking about judging people in the verses before that. Now we're not necessarily going to talk about judging today in the way that Jesus talked about it, but but he he makes a good point that is good for us to consider in all areas of our life in regards to sin and in regards to how we are living. And he points out to this audience that he's talking to the ability that they have to easily see other people's problems while failing to notice their own. Now, this is a prudent message for some of us, perhaps, because it's easy to do that, is it not? I mean, it's easy for us to look around and say, well, boy, he's got some problems, and she's got some problems. I can't believe he did that, and she did that. I would never act in such a way. But Jesus would tell us, in modern terms perhaps, hold up, hold up. Maybe there's just some problems in your life that you're failing to realize that are much worse than those of the people you see around you. And so with that idea in mind, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, hypocrites, that's what we are whenever we we." look at other people's problems and we see what they're doing and we get on to them, but yet we do, we're do we doing something equally as bad or, heaven forbid, I say it, even worse. We are being hypocrites and sometimes we need to be called out for that. Now, we don't like that word. That is a dirty word. We don't like to be called hypocrites. And maybe sometimes people label us as hypocrites and that's not, that's not a, a fair Uh, label for us, but sometimes that label fits. Sometimes we may read the Word of God, and it says hypocrite, and we say, oh my, that's me. Sometimes our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ may call us out as being hypocritical, and perhaps sometimes that's accurate, and sometimes we need to be called out. Now, if we are the one calling out, be prayerful, be careful. Don't, don't, don't go in willy-nilly, or else you may be the hypocrite. But Jesus starts out in verse 5. He says, hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take, take the speck out of your brother's eye. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for these good words. And I pray that you would help us to listen to them, because maybe, just maybe, we need to hear them because maybe, God, this room today is full of a bunch of hypocrites. And so I pray, God, that we would take these words to heart today and the advice of Jesus. God, it's, it's advice on judging, but, dear Lord, it applies in a lot of areas of our life. And so I pray that you hide me behind the cross and help me to do a good job of preaching and teaching these words. Dear Lord, I certainly don't preach and teach because I am better than anybody in this room. I may be the least qualified, dear Lord, But God, you call me to, and so I pray that you would help us to all humble ourselves before you today. And know that we don't come to you because we are good enough to come to you. We come to you because you love us, and you gave Jesus to die on a cross. And so we all come before you, dear Lord, as sinners, and dare I say it, hypocrites. But God, I pray today that we would humble ourselves before you, that we would let you work in our life, so God, we can be effective for you and your kingdom and those around us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. If you have flown on an airplane, probably ever, at least as long as I've been alive and I know a long time before, you know what they're going to say. If you hadn't flown on an airplane, I'll tell you what they're going to say. They are going to get you in your seat and there's going to be a stewardess that's going to come and stand in the middle of the aisle And they are going to say, in case of an emergency, the emergency exits are here, here, and here. Now, wherever here, here, and here is, that's where you got to be looking. In case of an emergency, the exits are here. And in case you haven't used a belt buckle in 50 years, you have a seat belt. And they say, here's how you put a seat belt together. And make sure your seat belt is tight. You may see a little sign above your seat, and if that sign is on with a seat belt, that means keep your seat belt on and remain seated. We may experience some turbulence. If you see the pilot turn that seat belt light on during the flight, then make sure to return to your seat and put your seat belt back on. In case of depressurization or an emergency, above your head, four oxygen masks will drop. You take the mask and you put it on your head, and there'll be a bag there, and even if the bag is not inflated, oxygen is flowing. When you see the oxygen mask drop, make sure to put your oxygen mask on before you put the oxygen mask on those who are with you. Now, maybe you have somebody that's, that's older or handicapped in some way, maybe a small child that's not able to put their mask on, and when the, when the stewardess on the plane said that on our flight back from our trip, I thought about that. It kind of stuck out to me for a second. Put your mask on before you put the mask on somebody else. Now, why is that? Why couldn't we just take a second to put that mask on somebody else. I mean, if you're flying and you've got your child with you and all of a sudden a disaster occurs and the plane's going down, your first thought as a parent or grandparent is I ain't worried about my mask. I got to get the mask on them first. But they tell you not to do that. They say put your own mask on first. And why is that? Well, I'll tell you why that is. After doing a little research, there's a condition known as hypoxia and that's when you have a lack of oxygen and when you have a lack of oxygen you can find videos of of people doing this in a a tested environment as to how this affects you and how quickly it affects you when you have hypoxia you lose the ability to think and the ability to function and if you're on an airplane at thirty five thousand feet plus the amount of time that it takes you to get hypoxia from a lack of oxygen is less than 10 seconds if you're at 40,000 feet in the sky. Less than 10 seconds. So from the time that the depressurization of the plane hits and and the mass drop, you've already lost a few seconds. You only have a few seconds to put your mask on or else you will not be able to. You say, oh no, I can do it. But you can watch videos of people who instantly are able to do nothing and they're sitting there telling them in the, in the room, put your mask on or you will die. Put your mask on or you will die. And it's like you're in this haze, you cannot do it. And so when they tell you on the plane to put the mask on yourself before you try to put it on your child, listen to them. And why is that? Because you have to be able to take care of the person with you. You cannot help the person with you unless you yourself are okay. And what's really interesting is almost instantly, once you receive oxygen, even if hypoxia has started to set in, you almost instantly will regain all of your functions. You'll be able to think, and you'll be able to see, and you'll be able to do. But you have to take care of yourself before you can help others. And so next time you're on a plane, heaven forbid something horrible happen, make sure to put your mask on first when you get that oxygen, then you can help those people around you. And when when the steward has said that on the plane, coincidentally, I, I kind of thought about this verse, because that's really what Jesus is telling us to do. You see, what we, what we sometimes may be tempted to do is to try to go around and, and help everybody else. We want to figure everybody else's problems and we want to solve everybody else's problems and we want to take care of their problems and tell them how to get their life straight and tell them how they need to be doing things. If it was me, this is what I would do. And if it was me, this is what you should do because I know everything and I got everything right and I got it figured out. So you do the way I tell you to do it. But Jesus says with that mindset to be careful. He says to be careful Now, some people would look at a passage like this, and and they, I believe wrongly, would say, well, this is Jesus saying sometimes you have to look out for yourself. Sometimes you have to have self-care and take care of yourself. Well, that's not what this passage is talking about. This is not a happy-go-lucky, you work hard, sometimes treat yourself to a massage. All right, if you want to do that, do that. But that's not what this passage is talking about. Jesus says you've got to look at yourself because sometimes you're in bad shape. And what does Jesus want his followers to do? He wants us to be a light to the world. He wants us to help other people, but we cannot help other people if our relationship with God is not good. If we're dead in our sin, how in the world are we going to help other people? Now Jesus says in this passage, he says, first, take the log out of your eye so that you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, what Jesus says there is you need to help your brother, but you don't start helping your brother by helping your brother. You start helping your brother by examining yourself. This is where we mess up. We want to help everybody else where our life is a mess. We want to try to give other people scriptural advice and and lead them and guide them and help them and tell them how to fix their life when we're not even living for the Lord. And we're not doing what God's word says. And Jesus says of the hypocrite, he says, look, here's the thing. He says, you got a log in your eye. You got big problems in your life, and you're worried about the speck in your brother's eye, that is, the little problems in their their life. Jesus said, you need to look at the big stuff that's going on in your life, and then, and then you can help other people. Now, this passage is often used by people uh, who, who, who don't like to be told when they're doing wrong, which would be all of us. We don't, none of us like to be told when we're doing wrong. And, and, and even if we have the right heart and with all the love that we can, we see a brother or sister and we say, man, that's not healthy for you. You shouldn't be doing that. How many times has somebody quoted this verse and you might've done it too. Oh yeah, well, who are you to judge me? Who are you to cast the first stone, ye, without sin? But Jesus doesn't say here, don't use any judgment ever. There's certainly a time to use judgment on a brother. But Jesus tells us how to do that. How do we do that? Before we try to help our brother, Jesus says, first you need to examine yourself. Now, we need to be in a constant state of examination of our life, to examine ourselves to see where we are in our walk with God, to see if we're doing good. That's what we want. We want, we want to be obedient. We don't want to be those that are hypocrites. We see plenty of scriptures that talk about this very idea of us examining of our life, of us taking the log out of our eye. Uh, we see it in Lamentations. God's people were lamenting. They were experiencing hard times in Lamentations. And uh, Jeremiah uh, wrote the book, and in Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, Lamentations 3, verse 40, it says, Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Now that was good advice way back in Jeremiah's day, and that's pretty much the same advice that Jesus has given here in Matthew 7. He says, examine your life, and if there's something there that shouldn't be there, then repent. Ask God to forgive you, return to the Lord, let the Lord work in your life. And when we repent and we allow the Lord to work in our life, it's good. It builds our relationship with God, it makes us stronger. It makes us depend on God's word and live by God's word. And then, when we have a close walk with God, then we will be better equipped to help those around us. In the same way that if we don't put that oxygen mask on and we begin to get a hypoxia, we can't help others around us. We, we, in a spiritual sense, if our life's not right with God, how can we help others? So let us examine ourselves. And if we find sin in our life and logs in our eye, then say, Lord, help get this log out of my eye. I've been overlooking my own sin. God, I need to worry about myself before I start trying to fix everybody else's problems. Because maybe, just maybe, we don't have all the answers. Maybe we think we know how to fix everybody's problems, but chances are we don't. And so before we even begin to try to help other people, let us examine our own lives We see similar language in Galatians chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Have we ever done that before? Have we ever thought of ourselves to be something when in reality we are nothing? Now Jesus encountered many religious folks like this, these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and these people that often came against Jesus. They considered themselves to be something. We are holier than everyone else. But really they were nothing. Nothing in the sense that they did not listen to Jesus. They did not follow Jesus. They did not live by God's word. They considered themselves to be something and they were nothing. And in turn they deceived themselves. And we must be careful because we may can fall into the same trap. I am somebody. I am something. But really if we're not Focusing on the Lord and trusting in Him and living by His word, we are nothing. It continues on in the first part of verse 4 there. It says, but each person should examine his own word. So how do we know? You you see verse 3 and you say, okay, well, I don't want to think I'm something when I'm nothing. I don't want to deceive myself. So how do I know if I'm deceiving myself? Simple. We examine our life. We examine our life. That's a good exercise maybe for you to take a few minutes sit down in the quiet. Pray to God. Say, God, are there any areas in my life that that maybe I'm not realizing that I'm I'm acting a certain way? God, help me to examine my life. Help me to see these areas where I'm not living for you like I should be. God, am I deceiving myself? God, let me read your word. Let me see in your word. Bring out things in your word to convict me, to help me to see those areas where I'm failing where I'm struggling. God, let me examine myself, and when I examine myself, if I come to the conclusion that I'm deceiving myself, then God, let me repent. Let me examine myself and repent. That's what Jeremiah said in Lamentations. That's what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7. That's what Paul said in Galatians uh, chapter 6. We see it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves. To see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Jesus, that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. So the idea of examining ourselves is a good idea. Not just for, for the sin that's in our life, but for the very faith that we may claim to have in Jesus Christ. Do we claim to have faith in Jesus Christ? Okay, then let us examine ourselves. How are you living every day? Are you living for yourself or are you living for Christ? Do you do the things that the Bible says? Do you practice what you preach? Or are you like these people that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 7? And you going around judging and pointing out everybody else's problems, but you ain't doing a thing to live for the Lord and to live for Jesus. So what does Paul tell us in 2 Corinthians chapter 13? Examine yourselves and see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Well, how do we test ourselves? I believe that we test ourselves by the Word of God. We look at the Word of God and we compare our life to the Word of God. And if the things that we do in our life don't line up with the Word of God, then we fail in that part of the test. Now, I would venture to say that in any part of our life and walk with the Lord, there are going to be some areas... That we are going to be failing. There's always, if we test ourselves, we're going to be able to say, okay, I missed that one. Check mark. I didn't do good on that. I'm doing pretty good in this, doing pretty good in that, not doing good in this, not doing good in this, but doing good in all these other things. There's always going to be some areas where there's some sin and some things in our life that shouldn't be there. But if you begin to look at the Word of God, and you begin to look at your life, and you begin to think about your faith, and you say, well, not doing that, not doing that, not doing that, not doing that, not doing that. And if all of the things that you're not doing are things that are associated with faith in Jesus Christ, then perhaps you, like Paul said, have failed the test. So do you not know that you are in Christ unless, of course, you fail the test? And so we want to examine ourselves because we do not want to be those that one day stand before God and we realize in that moment that we have deceived ourselves and that we really do not have faith in Jesus Christ. And so when we test ourselves, don't be afraid to do that. Don't think, man, I'm doubting my salvation. Don't think I'm doubting my salvation if I'm going through and I'm asking myself these questions. Man, do I really love Jesus? Do I really have faith in Jesus? Am I really living for Jesus? That's a good thing if we, if we test ourselves. And praise the Lord, hopefully a lot of times we'll say, yeah, I do have faith in Jesus. And on the times where we fail, we say, okay, God, I failed this portion of the test. I want to do better at this. So through your word and through your spirit, God lead and guide me and help me to do better. God, I've examined myself and i failed and I come to you and I repent. God, help me to take the log out of my eye. We see example after example in the scriptures of people examining themselves. And that's what God calls us to do. He calls us to examine ourselves so that we will walk by Him. I say we see scripture after scripture of people examining themselves. Let me rephrase that. We see scripture after scripture of God calling people to examine themselves. Now, whether we do that is on, is on you and I. So what about your life today? When's the last time you've examined yourself? When's the last time you've given yourself a test of faith? We hate tests, right? I just finished seminary. I'm so glad to be done with tests. In a way, I kind of miss it, though. But we don't like tests. We think, man, I get through a school and I'm done with tests. But if we read God's Word, we're not quite done with tests because as long as we walk with the Lord, as Paul commands us, we need to test ourselves and we need to examine ourselves because what God desires is for you to put your faith in Jesus and walk by Him. What God desires is for those who put their faith in Jesus to live for Jesus, to be a light to the world, and to spread the kingdom of God so that through Jesus people can come into that kingdom of God. But listen, if you're here and you're a brother and sister in Christ, we cannot help others unless we first take care of ourselves. And a lot of times we have this mindset, oh, I think a little bit of sin, it's not going to hurt, but be careful. Because that little bit of sin may affect you more than you realize. In the same way that that lack of oxygen will only take a few seconds and you think, i got time to help the people around me and then I'll help myself be careful. Because sin can come in and it can have such an effect on us so much quicker than than we realize. And so what does Jesus say? He says, look at the log in your eye. See the things that you struggle with see your weaknesses. Don't be looking at everybody else's problems. Maybe they got problems. Maybe they're horrible problems. But maybe, just maybe, your problems are far worse than theirs. Maybe your sin and your relationship with God is worse than you want to admit. But let us examine ourselves today so that we would put our faith in Jesus, so that we would walk faithfully in the light of Jesus Christ, and that we would be faithful to help others. So that once we see our problems, once we repent, once God begins to work in our life, then we can help those around us. That's what God calls us to do. Let us examine ourselves so we'll be ready to do what God has called us to. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today. We thank you for these good words. God, these are tough words, but they are good. And we know they're good. They're tough because we know they're true. They're tough because we know that sometimes we are hypocrites. They're tough because we know that sometimes we think a little too much of ourselves and a little too less of others, dear Lord. God, maybe we need to take a step, a second and, and examine ourselves. Well, it ain't no maybe to it, God, we do. So I pray that you would help us to look at our own life, to look at our actions, our attitudes, our thoughts, the way that we handle ourselves. And God, I pray that you would help us to be more like Jesus. In the way that we handle ourselves, God, if there's sin in our life, I pray that You would help us to repent of it. God, I pray that we would, in love, be able to help our brothers and sisters in Christ, dear Lord. But we should never think highly of ourselves, or think that we're better, or try to help others without first God helping ourselves. So, God, I pray that if there's one in this room that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that today that they would, that perhaps in these few minutes. While they heard your word, God, they've they've examined our life real quickly and they realized that they didn't do so good. God, maybe they took that test today and maybe they realized for the first time, you know what their faith is not what it should be. So God, if there are some in this room that have come to that conclusion, I pray that they would repent. I pray that they would come to you. I pray that they would, would seek you and put their faith in Jesus Christ. God, maybe there are some in here today that are already yours. But their walk with you is not what it should be. God, maybe for a long time we failed to acknowledge some pretty big logs in our eyes. God, maybe maybe you've already been kind of convicting us about it. and We've just been kind of f- failing to acknowledge it. But God, I pray today that if your Holy Spirit's put something on anybody's heart, dear Lord, that you just would help them to, to confess that sin to you. And God, you're faithful to forgive it. So God, I pray that you would help us to grow and strengthen you. That we would be able to faithfully walk by you and, and serve you in helping others. And God, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.